Tani, God Almighty, it's a sweat equity podcast. Talking to you from the Toco Works office. I'm your host, Law Smith. Uh, we are doing this one as I had this uh, interview recorded a little bit ago, I think a week ago. Uh, trying to keep on that same schedule of just once a week. Trying to go every Thursday. Trying to keep that going. I know... Uh, I haven't been great before, but doesn't mean we can't be great now, right? Uh, before I bring you into the episode, download the Laughable app. Uh, it's this app. It's Comedians are listed on this app. So the iTunes app sucks. Um, Stitcher's not good either. All the other kind of podcast apps aren't very good. And I heard this talked about on the other uh, comedy podcasts. Our, ours is kind of a mix of comedy and business, but more businessy than comedy, I guess. Business with dick jokes, as I like to say. But uh, the Laughable app, basically, you can tag your favorite comedians like Law Smith, uh, and you can follow whenever I go on another podcast. So it's a way to follow the guys you like, basically. Um, if you have a comedian you really love, you love my buddy Matt Fernandez, and you want to tag him, and you want to see when he pops up on other podcasts, this will do it for you. So I'm, I'm surprised it's not on like the iTunes app or any of that, but I don't think they're giving any love. So download Laughable app. It's awesome. Uh, highly recommend it. Looks good. Uh, usually I don't trust stuff in the comedy world with uh, in the app development area, but this one's uh, pretty solid. So look for me. I think you got to follow me or tag me or whatever. You got to do, you'll figure it out. You're smart. You got here. You got here, man. Uh, we're going to talk to Noah and Matt of uh, Safekeeping. It's an interesting kind of startup where they basically want to connect you with loved ones. Uh, communication. There's a huge communication gap. When you have someone in hospice care, or you have someone in retirement community, and uh, I was introduced to these fellows by my buddy Matt Ballgame, Matty Ballgame, my old comedian buddy, that I guess <laughs> um, was helping these fellows along on the financial side, but didn't tell him uh, he was a comedian, so shout out to him uh, doing the odd thing I'm doing, which is a little bit of comedy, a little bit of business. Um, and a lot of mania, basically, in between the ears. As always, before we go into it, uh, tell a friend about this podcast. Tell them what's up. Hey, I listen to Sweat Equity. This is a good thing to listen to. It's just motivation, or it's, or, or it's just interviews to kind of help you get through uh, what you're doing, because I feel like there's so many people that just want to get their own thing going, and I, I, I feel like, 80% of my conversations surround entrepreneurial endeavors or startup ideas or, um, you know, just general motivation, which is really not, it's not an easy discipline to get on your own. So I, I listen to a bunch of stuff. Um, part of this podcast is keeping me sane, is having a conversation where I'm not looking at my phone or day to day, uh, you know, thinking about day-to-day -day operations while having a conversation. So, um, we'll get right into it. Have fun.
uh, my record of video, uh, trying to do a video call of it never starting on time is now. <laughs> I'm still a hundred percent. I've, I don't know about y'all. It seems like you probably have to do a lot of video calls. I've never had one. That's like, everybody's, I'm not saying it because y'all are like, you feel late or any of that. I'm saying like, because, uh, it's just like there's always a, something wrong with Skype or Google Hangout right. or Join or right. How come to uh, all right? Once y'all figure out this app, I think the next <laughs> thing is to figure out this issue. Right. So I guess t- talk about we we got introduced through uh, through a buddy of mine, Matt. Uh, I don't know how, how a comedian buddy of mine, and uh, him and I have stayed in touch uh, because. I guess we didn't realize this when we were bouncing around LA doing uh, mics and stuff, you know, seven to 10 years ago. But I, I guess both of us were really business minded and had no idea. Cause it's not when you're doing stand up, it, like it's all like when you start talking business, some people think you're not really doing any of the art part of it or yeah. doing the jokes or whatever. It's like, no, you could just, it's just like, we're into this just like, you'd be into muscle cars or something. Right. So, <laughs> um, except this will make money. Um, the, uh, so we got introduced. Um, how do you, how y'all know him? Um, Matt, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Chris Gardner, uh, one of the associates at his firm is a friend of mine from Evansville, Indiana, the Southern tip of Indiana. And, um, Basically, you know, I was telling them how we're getting to a point where we're looking into raising a round of funding. And he was like, oh, really? Well, my mentor at Townley has been in investment, uh, investing venture capital and et cetera for, you know, X amount of years and has a lot of experience. Would love to connect you guys. And uh, so Noah and I got connected to him and kind of hit it off and, uh, he's really helped us kind of get our ducks aligned for, you know, what that funding process looks like, uh, you know, how much we're going to raise and, you know, just really some of the rudimentary uh, processes of preparing for it. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> well, it's just weird how you get connected. And I was like, well, yeah, hell yeah. I want to hear about this. It's always interesting to hear, um, anybody doing their own thing and then in this app world or software world whatever you want to call it development for a lot of people it's just anything online or digital uh or anything that has to do with computers i found out uh i have clients that are like you don't know how to fix this on my macbook while we're sitting there going over stuff and i'm like i don't know everything about (laughs) i i'm good with like front end and i'm good with marketing and i'm good with you know productivity apps but like I don't, I don't know back in it and you know, stuff like that. Uh, you're not taking apart a computer and reassembling it. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I come from the business side and then I right. learn the skills, which I think is what makes us a little unusual. But, uh, so, t- so tell us about safekeeping. I thought it was interesting. And that's why I was like, I, you know, it took five seconds to look at it on your site when uh, I got the email about y'all. And I was like, Oh yeah, this seems real cool. It seems interesting. Um, what is it? Uh, you, you can do your elevator pitch or what? How? I'm sure you're sick. I'm sure you're sick of it. But um, you know the who, what, when, where, why, all that stuff. So uh, 
one of y'all let it rip. Sure. So I guess I can kind of tell you our story and yeah. you know where it all began. <clears throat> Noah and I uh, went to Ball State together, and uh, we're in an entrepreneurship program where it's a very unique program and how it's structured. Uh, basically, you have your junior and senior year to put this business plan together, mm-hmm. and at the last day of your senior year, you pitch and it's pass or fail. And they bring outside evaluators in. So not teachers that you have been working with, complete strangers who have knowledge in your field and industry. Mm -hmm. And you pitch in front of them and they pass or fail you right there. So if you fail, you don't get an entrepreneurship degree. You have a choice of either trying to pitch again next year to get that degree or you know, having a backup, whether you're a double major in finance. So it's really to kind of have a real life scenario to show uh, what it is like in the real world. So anyway, my junior year, uh, right when we kind of started writing the business plan, I had a personal experience where my grandfather was traveling with the Evansville Ski Club, Southern Indiana uh, Ski Club, and they were out in Colorado. Yeah, of course. Everybody knows about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he uh, was skiing out in Colorado where he had a very unfortunate accident with a snowboarder and had a three centimeter brain shift. And uh, because of this accident, he had multiple brain surgery and was ultimately uh, had to live the remainder of his life in a long term care facility for 11 months. And during that time, I was about five hours away, uh, Ball State finishing up my degree. And I wanted to know what was going on with my grandfather. You know, we were really close. And so my first uh, was really communicating with my mom, my aunts, my grandmother, you know, like, hey, what's going on? Was grandpa awake today? I know he was going in and out of a coma. Uh, He just had a new infection, blah, blah, blah. And through my experience, I learned that it was a really emotional time for my family. And they were just having so many things thrown at them at once. It was really hard for them to convey to me what was going on. And as soon as I found out that process wasn't really uh, adequate for me, I started calling the facility trying to get updates on my grandfather's care. And through that experience, I experienced really long wait times, uh, being put on hold or brushed off to another nurse who wasn't in direct care of my grandfather. And I was like, gosh, you know, there has to be some way that I can feel engaged in my grandfather's care. And so, you know, did what any college student would do, went on Google. I was like, there has to be an app or something where I can see the doctor's notes, like when he checks in on them or, what the nurses are doing, and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, you know what? This seems like a real personal need for me. There has to be other people in my situation. So Noah and I were uh, blessed to be in a program that forced us out of school and to go out and talk to customers. And uh, we did a couple hundred customer interviews, uh, split between you know the facility and the end user of the family members and found out that this was a real problem. There are a lot of family members that felt like they were unengaged in their loved one's care that were in facilities like mine. And uh, 
you know, it just led to, well, let me tell you about this story. You know, I have this grandfather in this long-term care facility. I don't know what's going on with them. My family's constantly angry. It's creating tension between us and the long-term care facility staff. And then those times we do get to communicate with the doctor and nurse, so much emotion has built up over a period of time to where it's an unpleasant conversation for both parties. And uh, we started writing this business plan off all the research that we got from these family members, kind of uh, a platform that allows people to get day-to-day -day updates on health and lifestyle and their loved one in these care facilities. Uh, no, you can talk a little bit more well, about the product. I, 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 so I'll pause for a second real quick because this is – the idea of this podcast is kind of to be like informative, uh, you know, sometimes interview style, but also like we have a lot of people that listen. We don't have a huge, you know, fan base of listeners, but we do have a good 1,500, 2,000 people and uh, um, 1,500, 2,000. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, but the thing about it is a lot of the people that are listening are wanting to do their own thing and kind of sometimes they don't, I guess, I don't know if it's innate for y'all, but for me, it's always, I don't even think about it. Like any good idea like this, where you, you have like a, what you think can be a brilliant idea. Uh, it's one of those things where you're satisfying a need. You saw, you, you had the wherewithal to go, Oh, okay. Well, I look like a dick to my, to my uh, family that I can't get a hold of them. He doesn't know that I can't get a hold of him. And so uh, there's, there's gotta be a better way. And, and then you did the other thing. So I get a lot of people asking me for advice on like, I have an app idea and I, now I just stop them and I go, all right, here's the first two questions I've got for you. Does it exist? And then are you sure? Because I have people pitching me app ideas and want some advice, you know, like we're at a bar or whatever, or after a stand up show or something. And like, they'll ask me about it and then I'll go, okay, well, did you even like look in the app store or did right. you like, <laughs> and you'd be surprised. Like most of them don't. And I'm like, okay. And then if it exists, all right, well, why doesn't it, why isn't it working? And if it doesn't exist, why, what are the barriers to make it happen? Um, so I, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. I think a lot of people, when they get started on an idea, are you really fulfilled? Are you really feeling a need? You know, right. that need could be convenience. This needs about communication, really, um, which in that industry, just let's say healthcare in general, is just horrendous. And it's uh, it's segmented <laughs> and fragmented in a million pieces. And um, so you go that you, you took a step back and you go, hey, I think there's something here. I don't know how to go about this quite yet, but uh, I think that's kind of where we were kind of getting to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, for me, it definitely, this thing was kind of a passion project, right? Uh, I had family members and high emotion and this immediately to me kind of stuck out like I need to fix this. And uh, Noah and I actually are not technical people. Uh, we don't code. He knew this was going to be a huge challenge at first. And, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about, people jumping into building an app and it's kind of scary, right? Because mm -hmm. it just takes so much time and motivation. Like, uh, But one thing Noah and I were blessed with is 
when we were in school, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, should we go do this? And we're like, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've been broke our whole lives. We're college students. Like, what do we got to lose? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, we don't know what it's like to really get a steady paycheck. Right. One advantage we had, you know, coming out of the gate that we kind of talk about a lot. Yeah, I think uh, to your point, Law, is that, <clears throat> you know, I think even even now after we've after we've been through this whole process, I think one of the scariest things for somebody with a new idea is to like actually get on Google and Google that idea because like you have this million dollar idea, right? And then, and you know, it's a great idea, but then Mm -hmm. you think like, I just thought of this, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing, you're solving a problem. Uh, That's usually how it starts, you know, or how it comes to mind. Um, and then you, and then you're like, okay, but there's no way nobody else has thought of this. But then right. it's even scarier. It's even scarier uh, when you do Google it and nothing comes up because it's like, oh my god, you know, like, am I actually going to pursue this? And then you have a decision to make. And I think, you know, for us, like Matt just Matt just touched on that. The decision was easy. Uh, we were in, you know, we were fresh out of, or you know, still in school had no steady income ever, um, knew that we had a lot of outside validation, which was important to us. Um, and, and we had the school to kind of back us and, and give us um, advisors and feedback and resources, which, which goes a really long way. Uh, and, you know, anytime we talk at a school or anything like that, we always say that most, we think that, you know, from our experience at least, most college kids don't take full advantage of the resources you have while in school. I mean, you have res- you have access to resources that businesses pay hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for, and mm-hmm. you have it all for free. So I really, you know, I think we, we kind of, we kind of had it easy in that sense where, you know, we're not 40 year olds who have wife and kids at home uh, and we're quitting our day jobs to go start a business uh, that may or may not work. You know, I think at the end of the day, obviously we want, you know, more than anything, we want this to work, but we also understand that no matter what, it's an incredible learning experience. And, uh, there was no really better time in our lives to do something like this. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Uh, a lot of good stuff in there. Cause, uh, I went to Auburn, uh, entrepreneurship program there and, you know, it's similar to y'all's it's avant-garde kind of way. And I think that's the only way to really teach entrepreneurship is that, uh, our guy would our, our professor who I now call up as my mentor uh, I before I started this firm I said hey if I get into a situation where I'm talking to big for like a big company that's out of our capacity let's say I'm trying to think of some ones locally here like uh, OSI that owns Outback or uh, College Hunks moving junk uh, moving company you know these we're not, we're, we're a very small house right now, but I don't want, I don't want to ever turn anything away. Is it cool if I call you up? And he's like, absolutely. And I mm-hmm. wasn't like, <laughs> I don't think I was his favorite student. I just got shit done. Uh, yeah. And so my thing was like, he would walk in and he would go, okay, you got to write a business plan for a crematorium. And you're like, uh, okay, I guess. And <laughs> like, he put you with this dude he knew 20 miles outside of the city and you had to figure right. it out with this weird guy that told us he <laughs> that had a crematorium <laughs> that no literally told us he's been thinking about he was like a probably 
I don't know, 57 year old black dude from, you know, rural South that is a good, good guy, but he, he creeped us out in the first like five minutes by being like, <laughs> like it, but in kindergarten, he had been thinking about wanting a crematorium. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Well, what? I guess you have to have passion for it. Um, but like, all right. So we, <laughs> we actually came up with a kind of a, uh, a Chipotle quick style fast of just put it in, burn it, get it out the door kind of style. But that's the thing of like, uh, you gotta, you just gotta figure it out. But I also, we also had a lot of resources at the school that we found out we never did earlier before we were doing these, uh, you know, junior, senior year classes. And then now I can go back and kind of look at, I did the business school online, uh, the distance school with Auburn, but I found out there's a lot of resources there. So it's really strange. And even sometimes even if you don't go there, they'll be cool about like trying yeah. to help you out. So, um, you know, a lot of them are public universities anyway, that, so there's that part. And then the other part of just, well, so like you have nothing to lose at this point, you know, it's like, it's just like you said, it's like, we don't have, you know, a lot of, assets let's say uh you know be it monetary or not at the moment and you, you i did that i did a similar thing with stand-up i booked my own stand-up tour across the country when i was like 24 and then again when i was 25 with three of my buddies it was the, be it was the best and worst thing i ever did but yeah. um you know i knew that wasn't gonna be like a colossal money maker but it was one of those things where i got so much experience i learned so much about the country we went to Indiana a lot. Uh, uh, let's see. We went to Bloomington, St. Yeah. Biz there. Uh, went to South Bend um, and did uh, uh, whatever the bar is right next to the stadium. Um, New Brunswick, Indiana. I've been all over there, man. Um, That's awesome. But, I, but now I know I have that experience of saying like, hey, y'all live in Indiana. Oh, cool. That's kind of like Mississippi flipped on a map uh in a lot of ways <laughs> you don't right. think of it as like kind of a really red state but it is um so right. so like that there is that thing where yeah i was in more debt when i got out of those uh tours uh but i got a lot of life experience out of it and now i'm applying it with this uh i didn't have anything to lose either it was like okay i'll go back to la and live in my friend's garage you know right. you know, yeah um, so, so let's go from that point when you guys are kind of at that decision, like, let's do this to kind of where we are right now. Cause it seems like I, I can't really tell by the online presence where y'all are at. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's still kind of in this, uh, phase one area, um, yeah, for lack of a better, better way of saying it. Um, so y'all, y'all tell me. So, uh, well, this is my parents' home that I'm in right now. So I still live at my parents' home, uh, which means we haven't made, we haven't made it big yet. Hey, um, save money. Yeah. It's all, everybody always says that, but like, that's not true at all. <laughs> Racking up credit card debt on a daily basis. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, just you because have, like you could have more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm saving myself from future, uh, credit card APRs. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but um, so we graduated in May of 2015, uh, began development almost right away, uh, grabbed some beta partners within the first six months of graduation. 
Um, One Beta Partner is a large hospital-based network here in Indianapolis or throughout the the state of Indiana. Um, And they have four long-term care facilities uh, close to where we went to school, about an hour north from Indianapolis. And then uh, Bright Star is one of the largest home health companies in the country. Uh, but it's a franchise model. So we're beta testing with a franchisee up in Northern Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, And we began development and realized that we still don't know a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Um, So we, you know, worked closely with our beta partners to answer a lot of those questions. Um, And all this time we're also doing biz dev and, you know, acquiring other interest from other providers across the country um, as well as trying to build a little bit upon the team and the advisory board. Um, and then we recently, in the last six months, we had to part ways with our tech development team, uh, which was another really good learning experience. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really, you know, we don't have a lot of, uh, we have really no animosity towards them at all. Uh, we both recognize that we made some mistakes, um, but we ended up with a development firm another one here in Indy who has done health IT work in the past. And that did make a world of difference in that sense because they were able to pick up right where we were, knew exactly what we wanted to build. You know, they kind of just got it right away. Um, so, you know, we're with the, with the previous guys, we, it was about, you know, uh, a whole year long build and we were just about 80% of the way there. And now with these new guys were, uh, we're two weeks in, and we're ninety five percent of the way there. Okay, so, so y'all are world, world you're, on, you're on edge right now. This is yeah, kinda, yeah. This is the yeah. exciting time. All right, that's awesome. Right. Yeah, exciting, yeah. so, Gary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, the idea is there. That's always kind of concrete, right? You you know, this is a solid idea, and you can talk. You can drive yourself nuts and go and talk yourself out of it. You know, but it. I'm sure most people you've talked to that you trust their opinion, you they're saying that that's a really good idea. I'm glad someone's doing that. Um, how, how is it? So how does it actually work in like a layman's kind of way? Uh, what's an example? Like would the, the patient doesn't have the app or the, or the hospital has it and it's a way to kind of go back and forth that way. Uh, who's, so- who, who's making the updates, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so the original idea was that we wouldn't create any additional work for staff, for provider staff. So uh, most long-term care facilities in the country use an electronic medical record system, which stores all of this data that we're sending to patient, patients' families anyway. So the idea is that we'll integrate with those already in place systems where the data already is captured. So it's not creating any additional work because the, the nurses are, you know, filling out these uh, EMR forms on a daily basis anyway, and then just pushing those daily notifications to the family members based on what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, that's much easier said than done because you have to integrate with the EMR systems mm-hmm. to be able to accomplish that. And EMR systems don't like these third party guys like us because they want to hold on to their data as kind of a pr- proprietary asset. Um, and there's a lot of argumentation in courts right now about if that's even legal. Um, but uh, we're still we're, we're still figuring out a, pro- a scalable process uh, that will get us that data um, 
without creating additional work. Um, on the home health side, a lot of them don't use EMRs or the EMRs that they are using are more willing to work with a third party like us. Mm -hmm. um, so our home health beta, we're actually taking their whole paper-based process and converting it to an electronic process. Um, so it's basically killing two birds with one stone. It's saying, okay, now everything that you had on paper is now electronic and you're filling it out once anyway. And then we're also gonna send the information that you wanna send to family members to them so that they're not calling you a million times a day asking how the visit with mom was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know if it was uh, if you're trying to go through a private hospital on the on the first kind of area of target audience. Are you going through private hospitals? Because that public part, I assume, would be a nightmare. Um, is that is, I'm trying to follow that kind of methodology methodology of your business development. Is it so you are trying to hit that not private practice, but more of the private kind of hospitals are bigger, uh, uh, not retirement communities, but, uh, care facilities. Yeah. Retirement communities, long-term, uh, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, those sorts of, uh, those sorts of clients for us providers. Fellas, you're in the wrong state, man. You got to come down yeah. here. Like, <laughs> you got to like, our move right now. Actually. I mean, look, I can hook you up with, uh, there's a company, a VC company here. I don't know how y'all's funding has gone, but, it's called Florida's Funders. They're out of Tampa, and uh, they you'd have to keep the. I think the deal is they they're trying to keep businesses in Florida like this. Uh, but yeah. but uh, that all you have to, all that means is have the LLC here. Um, or but move they, to warmer, better. Yeah, warmer. I mean, uh, look, Florida's not the hub of tech tech really, but it doesn't really matter where you are. Right. To me, um, I I say it's cheaper living being here than Austin or Denver, San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and you get a little bit more out of that. Uh, but I'd say like you have a bigger pool <laughs> over here. I mean, there's uh, literally just swaths of like weird, uh, not weird. Uh, well, there's one that's weird called the villages where I hear there's a lot of uh, old people banging. Um, but uh, it's about 20 miles, 20 miles outside the city. But like, well, I do a joke about old people spreading STDs because retirement communities, but, but like, but like there's, there's a lot of, let's say market research to be had over here. Um, I guess, uh, so what, what's the steps now? Where are you at? It's, it, we're doing this on a Friday afternoon and people what? are, people are funny about my schedule because they don't think, because their time isn't as important. I don't know. they would be like, well, why don't you come to this thing tonight? And I'm like, Oh, I got to work. And they're like, it's Friday night. And I was like, yeah, uh, I got to work. Wanna, I want to get over this hump for our company. And it's more important to do a lot of this, you know, bullshit work that I need to do, but, uh, it's more satisfying. What, where are y'all, you know, mindset wise, are y'all freaking out? Are you just fighting each other? Um, you know, there's, it's hard, it's hard to work with just one yeah. other person too. I've, I've, I used to have a partner and it, it was, uh, you know, it'd be like, sometimes it'd be great. Sometimes it's like, I'm, I, I got ghosted. I don't know. I don't know if that's been, uh, an issue for y'all. Um, 
someone told me 50 50 partnerships don't work i don't know if i believe it or not yeah. um but uh tell me how it's going right now and kind of what what you're thinking going forward uh so it's just us two right now other than the tech firm which is outsourced and then advisors <clears throat> and to be honest we we're good friends as well and uh i think in that case it's actually helped a little bit in the sense that uh we're good enough friends that we're open with one another you know when we have yeah. a problem we speak yeah. up and um we've never had any sort of we've never even been close to a disagreement that's been like well, if we don't get this solved, we're going to dissolve the company. You know what I mean? Or right. if we don't get this solved, I'm walking away kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of cliche to say that we haven't had many big issues, but that's kind of been the case so far. Obviously, you know, when money starts coming in, <laughs> that's probably when uh, shit hits the fan from time to time. But you know, and it, 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 it can work. I didn't mean to make that sound right. like, uh, Hey, yeah, of course. Here, here's what's coming around the corner guys. Like, uh, but it is that thing of like, you know, uh, sometimes you can get so mired in like moving forward. You, you got to take, I mean, we talked via email. Y'all are going to go to a music festival down here in Florida. Yeah. Obviously like you're going to, you're letting your brain breathe, which is something I don't think I did in the beginning of this. So I would just, just moving forward, just keep moving forward. Yeah. That's not a good, you know, unless you're like Tom Cruise, I don't think that's a good, like, <laughs> good way yeah. to kind of live like i can't i need i found out oh i can't just be a robot you know it's not right. it doesn't work well um yeah i think one of the one of the things that we kind of harp on anytime we talk publicly is like that that whole idea of making sure you continue to live a life separate from your business mm -hmm. i don't think that we would be able to do this at all if we didn't go out on the weekends from time to time and, you know, go to concerts whenever we can. And, you know, I mean, we definitely make an active effort to get away from, from the stress of business and, and live our lives. I think that's extremely important. Yeah. And it'll, it'll help you to, it'll help you in a weird way in the sense that like, you may discover something in y'all's design uh, on the, on the front end for um, for people at these these care facilities that you may observe something just out at a concert the way someone uses a different app you may be able yeah. to apply that to y'all's software and so I you know that's how I feel about a lot of stuff I like to be able to I have to make myself go take walks and shit without my phone uh, <laughs> and, and like just kind of observe what's going on yeah um, but uh, let's see. I only got a couple minutes left because I've I've got a uh, a call in a little bit, but I guess any advice? Let's do this. Any advice for, let's say, there's kids in college that are listening to this, um, in that same kind of position y'all were, let's say, 2014, 2015. Um, what what would you say other than you know, if you're out of school, use the use the school's resources. Uh, as far as what y'all fucked up on initially, everybody fucks up. So yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, I think focusing initial funds on product is extremely important. Uh, that's one thing that we fucked up. Meaning, uh, what? And meaning, I, what does that mean for like meaning? I know what you mean, but uh, yeah. 
let's kind of break that down a little bit. We dumped money into marketing expenses, travel expenses for conferences, you know, major expenses like that before we even had a product um, or proven metrics by any means. And I think that looking back on it, we could have saved money that way. I think uh, we could have saved money on attorney fees by uh, going with a cheaper attorney from the start. Not that our attorney did anything wrong at all, but he charges $400 an hour and we could have done everything that we did for much cheaper than that. My attorney um, hear this and freak out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we could have, you know, we, I mean, we worked out a, a good startup deal with him too. Uh, but still at the end of the day, we have to pay it back at some point. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so y'all, y'all, y'all went out with an idea more than you had. Some. I think. And... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I I think our uh, I think it the connection went out for a second. I was saying y'all had an idea and you're out there kind of pitching that a little bit more than like being in the garage and just hammering something out that you know yeah. you're just putting together with what you could do. Well, I do think uh, you know one area where we didn't fuck up was we talked to hundreds of customers. So, and that's, that's pretty much free to do other than whatever the travel expenses are. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one area where we really excelled. Uh, and I think that's why the key reason why we won awards and money through ball state was because while we were there, we talked to so many people and got such great feedback. Um, but then, you know, once we had that feedback, we had a great framework to go ahead and build the product and we could have just focused on that. Um, uh, you know, I think, we could have grabbed some more early adopters or beta testers uh, from the get-go. I think as many as you can get, you know, to a certain degree is is beneficial because it gives you a larger base of metrics to work from. Um, but all in all, uh, we've learned from all these experiences, and uh, I think that because of that, we'll be obviously better moving forward. Yeah. Uh, you got anything? Yeah. So I mean, I agree. Uh, Noah, definitely we get right out of college and all we had was a couple of wireframes that we showed a big hospital in Indiana and they bought into it right away. So maybe we got a little chip on our shoulder right away and like, oh, well, we can just go sell this concept, you know, and then execute later, get enough interest and build that. Mm -hmm. And uh, also you got to consider we're two 24 year olds gathering some of the most sensitive data in the world. (laughs) So uh, I think uh, not everybody can be Steve Jobs, right? And show just a pair of a computer and it not actually work and go sell it. So uh, that was definitely a learning experience. We thought we thought we were both pretty naturally gifted salesmen. And if we put, you know, a decent chunk of money into marketing, we can, go get that traction that we need uh, did to some extent succeed in that. But I think looking back where we are now, I think we'd be a little bit further along if we would have just really been product focused and driven. Yeah. And uh, you know, another learning experience on legal fees for young entrepreneurs. I think this is so important. You know, we're kind of criticized that he, for being so young in a industry like senior care, you know, there's a lot of experienced vets in that field. So we thought, you know, we had to build credibility 
by go getting some top-notch lawyer in Indianapolis, you know, and how everything had to be airtight from the start, which really, you know, there's room to kind of maneuver in the field to bootstrap it and to get to a certain point to where, you know, you have more funds and you can utilize those funds towards, you know, legalities. Uh, but all in all, you know, really good that we tried to make it as airtight as possible from the beginning. But I think looking back on it, I think we could have reserved some of those funds for, you know, product development. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and I've learned over time from my attorney. I mean, we have a lot of law firm clients and I've, uh, randomly Tampa Bay is like, feels like the most attorneys, but it's the most advertised metropolis for law firms. Uh, yeah, we put that on our flag, but, um, but like, it's one of those things where you're like, it's, you need, you know, you need legal fees, but you're like, all right, if I, if you do legal zoom or something like that, it's okay, but it's not, you know, that's not airtight. (laughs) Um, and then when you go, you're trying to make almost a PR splash with a, a big time attorney, you'll realize like, unless he's got some, some skin in the game or something like that. And he is one of those guys that does more than just is an attorney in the area. Uh, you might not get the kind of the PR or social capital or whatever out of that. But, um, you know, that is an important thing for a lot of app developers. I have an IP attorney, uh, that I work with and he, you know, we're, we're talking to a lot of, so I'm, his audience is really y'all people like y'all it's like they don't know how messed up they are if they have an app that goes for a while or software that goes for a while and the stuff's not trademarked copywritten uh Hmm. like people just let you go with that sometimes and then wait to sue you uh so it's one of those things where you you have to kind of be a part-time attorney like on your own uh until before you talk to them so you're not wasting their time uh same same like my accountant i'll do as much as i can on my own get it as organized as i can then give it to him so i'm not wasting his time um well look guys when y'all come into florida uh if you somehow make it to tampa let me know we'll have you in this uh in this studio and then um if not uh we'll have y'all on again because i want to hear how this goes you know, as it goes, man. Yeah. Sounds great. This was really fun. Definitely the first time we've ever done a podcast. So we'd love to come, uh, come check out the operation when we're down there in a, in a couple months. Pop that podcast cherry. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. I'm popping cherries all over the place. I got a I got a quick question for you. Go for it. We didn't know Balaker was a comedian. So what's the different? No. What's the difference? I outed him. Oh no. (laughs) What's the difference in comedic styles between you and Balaker? Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to remember. I was, I, I know I'm a little bit younger than him. So I was pretty green when I was in LA doing stand up, uh, and not a lot of life experience. So my stuff is pretty observational. Like I did a lot of like, not, uh, I, I still do it, but i like talk about like air mattresses for like 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, right. I kind of get Jerry Seinfeld type humor. Gotcha. Um, yeah, a little bit. I, I'm very ranty now. Uh, maybe back then I was closer to like a, I don't know. It's tough to you. 
that's another it like like doing your own business you're constantly like who am i what am i what what is our voice and like it changes over time obviously but like when you're really young and stand up like i sounded like ron white too much because he was because <laughs> i had to slow down real like and pause and kind of take my time or else i'd trip over words or like you know or it just sometimes you take a beat here and it's funnier you, i like i used to like to build the silence a little bit because it made people feel anxious but it you do like a, if you watch ron white he'll do a he'll do a story and then it'll be like it'll be like a 90 seconds setup with little baby right. jokes on the way and then right. it'll just be machine gun dun, 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 like yeah. it'll be punchline <laughs> and then tag 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 um oh, ron white yeah so uh don't be afraid of the cheese wheel right <laughs> right exactly yeah. girth i'm all about girth uh i i say it's like two uh skull cans on top of yeah. each other um but uh matt i i remember he was really smart almost to the point where you're like i know he i've i felt like he would be dumbing down his set a little bit uh for not to say like he's an elitist when he was up there but you know if i got into like r square confidence you know regression charts i learned when i was at a mutual fund company that doesn't apply to everybody no one i, I can't even explain that in a lot of ways if y'all got up on stage and started talking about like uh oh well here's why the javascript doesn't work on the website it's like who gives a shit um <laughs> it's like really in the minutia so he i remember he was really smart to the point where i was like uh like i know his his favorite was uh, greg Geraldo, and he has a book coming out with it and uh and i felt like he's he was in that kind of wake like really intelligent um, maybe almost too it it became hard for him to i i have this problem a little bit too became hard to kind of be concise or you know um, sure. or kind of play it down for everybody but you never know. The shows I did with him were probably shit if I really looked at it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have people not paying attention. If the Lakers were on, you were kind of fucked if you're yeah. in a sports bar. So, um, but yeah, uh, good times, great oldies. I'm gonna. I'm two minutes late for my uh, next meeting, but y'all, uh, I'm gonna. I'll tail in this with some kind of outro and and give y'all plugs and whatnot. Um, and hope to see y'all down in Florida, man. All right, yes. man. Great to meet you, Law, and hopefully we'll see you soon. All right, y'all. See you. All right. Yeah, thank you so much.